0: Coming to you from the City of Angels, you're tuned in to Rob Save Sports, your daily dose for all things L.A. sports. Join us and let's save sports one podcast at a time.
1: Now, your host, Robert Yamagata. Welcome, everyone. Back to another episode of the Rob Save Sports Podcast, and we got another great show for you guys today. You know, we're doing another episode, the Clipper Nation Roll Call, and we got another great Clipper fan with us today. we got Trent here with us, and Trent, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Robert. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and so, you know, I'm kind of doing this series kind of slowly throughout the season where I'm getting, you know, Clipper fans on to talk about, you know, their Clipper fandom and like what it means to be a Clipper fan. And and I think the first thing I want to ask is that, you know, how do you how did you become a Clipper fan? Uh, It's actually kind of a funny story. I I grew up, I was born and raised in small
0: town, Oklahoma, and uh, lived there 70s, 80s. I'm 46 now. So Mm -hmm.
1: uh,
0: there were no pro teams there. There was the USFL team there in the mid '80s, but it was only for a couple seasons, and so we didn't have anything. You know, it, we just didn't. In '94, I moved to LA, and at the time, all I knew about the NBA was I didn't like the Lakers. And moving here, everybody was like, "Oh, the Lakers are the best," and I was like, eh, "Yeah, it was '94, so they really weren't at the time." Uh, yeah, they were becoming. I, well, I said, "Well, what about the Clips?" And everybody's like, oh, they're terrible. And uh I was like, great, I love an underdog, mm-hmm. you know, and uh and so I I remember that first season, that 94-95 season I was out here. We were uh ter- I don't remember how many wins it was, but it was in the teens. It was not pretty. That was um Lamon Murray and uh Lloyd Vaught, Pooh Richardson, Terry De uh, you know, I and I just uh, Piekowski, uh and I just kind of like man, they're, they're lovable underdogs. And then a couple of yeah. years later, and I was living in Anaheim at the time. A couple of years later, they started having half a dozen home games in Anaheim. And I was going to those just, they were packed. It was great. Great atmosphere. Totally. Unlike them playing at uh, the sports arena at the time. Yeah, I think the, it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just a totally different environment, but I, I've been a copier since I got here 27 years ago now. That's
1: yeah, that's crazy. cool. Cause like there, I think there are certain, moments like during their the clippers where i w- i could i could see where people would become fans of them you 90, know I mean, 94 95 not on the list yeah probably probably not but <laughs> <That team laughs> you know there so are bad. there are some you know i think you can refer to possibly like the mid-2000s with like Sam oh, yeah or mcgetty yeah. quentin, quentin and all those guys mm-hmm. and also i like, love darius miles oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Some no fun heads. teams in the mid two thousands, and then of course yeah. Lob City. And being from Oklahoma, when we drafted Blake Griffin number one overall, oh, okay, that was hmm. oh, finally we got the <laughs> boy. Uh, now I'm excited, and uh, and Lob City turned out to be a real, real fun ride. Uh, even though the end results weren't what we wanted, every season was exciting. Every game was fun to watch.
1: They were a great ticket, and yeah, I, it was must see must see tv like uh, packed stadiums uh every game Absolutely. every home game sold out S- suddenly
0: like. yeah suddenly you couldn't afford a ticket and if you could <laughs> it was packed so yeah. <laughs> but uh and then that era has transitioned into the this modern era this Kawhi pg thing with a little bit of a, a weird rebuild in the middle mm. but um, i tell you that that uh what was it 1819 team uh the, the scrappy, who the hell are these guys? Clippers, with Lou Will and Trez breakout season and stuff like that. That was that was a lot of fun to watch too. The yeah, guys that went like, up to Golden State and punched him in the mouth and <laughs> and we ended God. up losing the series, but we put a little yeah. scare into him.
1: <laughs> a little bit. I mean, we took them <laughs> took them to six, games, them to six with, games. Yeah, with uh, Curry, Clay, Dremont, and KD all on the same team, all healthy. Cool. The, the yeah, the two ro- full two door. rookies two rookies with Shea and Shaman. It's like, yep. how could you not like that scene? And, you know, I think right now it's, it's, I feel like it's been so weird just because of, you know, the situation that the world has been in for the past yeah. two years. We, you know, we kind of made a complete overhaul of the roster during a time where there hasn't been really that much consistency. Like going Both. throughout throughout Both. these couple seasons, and, you know, obviously when you have like the one of the two top ten players on your team, you know there are very high high expectations <laughs> of the team going, you know, really far, really far yeah. in the playoffs. And when you when you
0: got two top fifteen guys on your team, yeah, you, you should be a really dangerous threat, mm-hmm. and we we were, uh, yeah, we were I, the bubble. The bubble was hard. Uh, I think that that we we talk about that as the asterisk championship that the Lakers won. But I know I I, they deserve credit. That would had to be the hardest situation to play in. And I know that it affected our team more than most. Uh, I, you know, Trez wasn't right. You know, having lost his grandmother, that was hard. Um, Lou will. Was was not ready to be in the bubble. <laughs> Obviously, it just like the guys weren't there mentally, mm. and the that loss to Denver was it was brutal. It was brutal. But to see him bounce back and have the season that they did last year, oh, that was so uplifting, so much fun, so exciting. And then Joe Ingles, and you know that's all I'm going to say about Joe Ingles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the like coming out of the bubble season. At the end of that, you know, we—I would assume—all Clipper fans were pretty motivated to get back to the, uh, pack oh, yeah. back to playing. Uh, you know, getting everyone healthy. At that point, I think, you know, that was Batum's first season. Mm-hmm. I think Nick Nick Batum really, really helped them throughout that those early stages of uh, last season, with uh, Marcus Morris with Marcus being Morris out down. at the start. Yeah.
0: And then when he came back, he wanted to ease his way in, just agreed to come off the bench, which was really awesome of him to say, you know, Nick has earned a spot, let him keep it. And uh, man, Batum was just fabulous from start to finish last year. And he was that minimum guy that I thought, okay. I mean, if he still got it, goodness knows they didn't let him show anything in Charlotte. So, you know, hopefully he'll be motivated. And he was, you know, just what a glue guy to put, you know, some, fairly fragile pieces of the team that remained back together, including Reggie who struggled so mightily in the bubble for him to re-sign with us on the minimum again, and then have struggled throughout the first half of the season until he finally got his feet underneath him. You know, I don't know. I'm going to miss Pat Bev this year, but uh, I do love Eric Bledsoe. His first three years here were so much fun to watch the mini Braun years. Man, he was good, and and he still has a lot of that in him. You know, it's just a level of engagement
1: thing, I think. So, I'm I'm excited for this year. I think
0: we're good. Even if yeah, and we so, are one and
1: four. <laughs> yeah, we can we can get into that into that. So, you know, the beginning of the season, we you know we had expectations, probably lower expectations, just because of the fact that uh, Kawhi is probably not going to be available for the majority of the season. You know, there isn't really a timetable. Yeah, I'm but, shocked that yeah. they won't tell us what's going on. Shocked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Surge you know, is still listed as day-to-day, man. The guy had yeah, back since, surgery since uh since uh, last uh yeah, May. Or something. Yeah. Since, <laughs> since, <laughs> really it was probably since about about February. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we from the videos to past videos, I think, you know, everyone's starting to get back into rhythm, especially with Marcus Morris, but, you know, going into it, we were, you know, a lot of us were expecting to have, you know, the, those, that playoff run to kind of carry over a little bit into uh, the start of the regular season. And, you know, it kind of hasn't been, which is, you know, it's you been disappointing. It's been a little frustrating, but you know starting off 1 and 4 the just certain reactions from people uh asking for trades asking for putting more putting different people in the rotation it's like a lot yeah. of stuff like within, start random boston within what? like a 2 week span <laughs> yeah it's like i know i know clipper fans I am too like I really like Brandon Boston jr especially you know where we where we got him in like oh, a yeah. second like a low second round pick for a really a top 10 lottery prospect talent yeah yeah talent but you know obviously during the preseason I know he showed a lot but I think if you just look at the percentages for the posts for the preseason it was I think he was shooting below 40 percent from the field and like Below thirty percent from three, so it's like,
0: yeah, I. But I see what Clippers fans see in him. I see it, yeah. I and see he's it too. he's fearless, mm-hmm. and he has tremendous skill. He does something that we don't have a lot of guys that can do this. We have mm-hmm. Paul George who can do this, and to a lesser degree, Reggie, and of course Kawhi. He can generate his own space, all on his own, just with just with great handles and great quickness, stop-start quickness. Uh, Bledsoe could do that too, but he can't do much with the space. He's mm-hmm. he's got to get to the rim, so Boston can generate his own space and therefore get up shots. That right now we're like, please get up a shot that looks good. <laughs> Just yeah, and I think Eric, I think... stop with the threes. That's what <laughs> that's what Clippers fans are saying. Just stop with the threes, and we'll be okay. But it's more I'm, than that. It's way more than
1: that. yeah. I mean, if you're if he's like wide open it's like he's got it you have to take some of the shots but yep. some of them i don't know it seems like this the shot selection has been a little bit left to be desired sometimes during yeah. points of the game where you know they they kind of need a really good uh possession out of it and mm-hmm. you know throughout the four <laughs> four or five games there have been some possessions where it's almost like we can't really, we can't really do anything else. So let's just shoot a three and like, hope it goes in. But the
0: the metrics tell you that we're getting good shots Mm -hmm. and that we're missing them. You know, I I guess that's what it boils down to. You want Eric Bledsoe to take open threes and hit them at like a 35 ish percent. That's league average 35. Mm -hmm. If he hits them, he's a career 30, two and a half, 33% shooter. If he hits one out of every three he takes, they'll respect the shot
1: mm.
0: and they'll start closing out on him, which will allow him to, to do his thing. But he's got to be able to take them and hit some. And we were here. We are screaming at him. Don't shoot. But the right move, the right play is to shoot it. You just got to hit him at 35%.
1: <laughs> or even, you know, cause I, I was just curious. Cause I think the team overall is shooting. 30%. Yeah. And so uh, I was, 30, I'm looking 30, 31%. It's bad. Yeah. So I refer to it's a basketball reference. Basketball. So reference. it goes through, it kind of goes through like all the stats. It can give you uh, on off court metrics, like defense and offenses, rating and stuff like that. So just looking at it at a glance, uh, you know, Reggie is shooting 29% <laughs> from three uh, <laughs> on, on mass on volume. <laughs> The, the crazy thing is that he's shooting the same amount of threes as Paul George. Yes. Yeah, and but, you know, he's shooting 29%. Uh, Luke Kennard he's shooting really very well. He's shooting 42%. Uh, Bledsoe shooting uh, 19%. Yeah, that's bad. Then Batum is shooting 21%. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, even Paul George, he's taking almost 10 a game. And he's hitting 37%, which is, I think it's a little bit low for him, but. That's a little bit low. I think over the course of the season, it'll probably pick up a little bit, but
0: he's got to keep up that attempt about that. Mm -hmm. He's got to be up there in the, you know, nine to 10 to maybe even 10 plus uh, per game. He's going to have to be there. And that has to be part of his game. He needs to score at all three levels. He's got to be MVPG for us to be, you know, really, really good. And he's been MVPG in three of these five games.
1: Yeah, there have been two that have been and we've lost so games. All three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I think uh looking at the percentages and like looking at their average, their career averages, I think I really mm-hmm. don't expect them to shoot this poorly like for the whole season. Cause it, it it's just all these guys are too good of shooters to yep. drop that low in efficiency. So you know, you can kind of look at it, the glass half full with, they've been shooting this poorly, but you know, they've been in, they've been in four you know, of the majority of, yeah. I don't think we were the really ever
0: in the Cleveland game. We're it was like a, eight, I think it was like an eight point game in they the fourth just quarter, but out of our reach the whole time, but we, yeah. were, we were in that, that game in Portland on Friday and, mm-hmm. uh, we, were, came back. we should have won at least one of those first two games against the, the Warriors and the Grizzlies. So I, I don't know. I'm not that worried about it, honestly. Shooting is contagious. I tell you, we're going to have one of these games where PG is going to come out and he's going to hit three three-pointers in a row. You know, Maybe not in three straight possessions, but in like a five-minute span to start a game, he's going to hit three in a row and the rest of the team is going to catch. It's They're going to click and Reggie will hit one. And the next thing you know, we won't be able to miss, and we'll be right back in it. We'll be right back on the horse.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's there's there's
0: a lot of ebbs and flows yep. throughout this season. And, and when you when you've when you get that confidence going, the shot gets better. Mm. And when your confidence is down, the shot gets worse. And right now we're all in that uh <laughs> everything is awful. And so the next time you take a shot, you're pressing, you're forcing, you're aiming. You can't have that. It's got to be natural. I think that's why Luke's so successful is that he just has no conscience. And yeah, mm-hmm. I bet if you asked him if he hit his last shot, he'd just look at you and go, Of course I did.
1: Mm-hmm. Make or miss, doesn't matter. Of yeah, course I, I did. do. Yeah, I, I do like uh, Luke's aggressiveness so far to start the season. You know, he's really coming out and being super aggressive with the shot, which I don't mind because I know how good of a shooter he is and how much. That helps. Somebody's got somebody's got him, him, and also like, especially just the <laughs> offense in general, with him having so much gravity towards him because everyone knows how good of a shooter he is. It just makes gives more space to everyone else. Well, you gotta close out on Luke. If you give him open
0: shots, he's he's gonna just bury you. So mm. he's got to keep shooting it, and he will. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he will. That yep. I can that I can say with confidence. If he's open, he's gonna take the shot. Yeah. Hopefully he'll stop swinging it one more time to, you know, bloods in the corner. I saw that just twice a little bit. Yeah. And went, <laughs> no,
1: that's yeah, not. But it, I think, brother. yeah, I think that, I think the the injury, and like the loss of Marcus Morris, I think I feel like it just a little bit broke the chemistry going in to the yeah. season because I think everyone was figuring, okay, we got search coming back soon. And you know Kawhi out for for an extended period of time, but we have you know we have PG We're Reggie okay. Bledsoe and Mook, and then Mook has pretty pretty bad games the first couple of games. Then he has to sit out because uh-huh. you know he's still getting strength back into his knee, and I feel like that kind of threw everybody off because already with Kawhi out, you have to have guys stepping up absolutely and, and do bigger roles, and then and, when you have Mook out. That means those roles, they have to step even higher roles than probably what they were predicting or like thinking about going into the season.
0: You know, there's, I think there's that that added pressure. It's there, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, it's like you, you don't have that extra guy to fall back on. You don't have that veteran in Marcus Morris who's going to shoulder some of that load anymore. And if you're a kid like Terrence Mann, you're looking around going, um, "Who's gonna Who's gonna do this?" And and there are times when he says, "Oh." It's me. And those are the times when he takes over for like a little three minute span and you go, yeah, that's what we need. Uh, It's a growth thing. It's a growth thing. We just don't have a lot of guys who score at all three levels. You know, we got Paul George who scores at all three levels. Reggie has the potential to score at all three levels, although he does throw up the occasional, what was that mid-range shot? Uh, Bledsoe is a finish at the rim guy. Uh, Zubats is a finish at the rim guy. Nick, can finish it all three levels, but I don't trust his mid-range game. When you look at the guys who's where they score, like I don't mm-hmm. want Kennard trying to dunk it on guys, <laughs> you know? So we need Marcus who does score at all three levels, even though he's not going to, you know, win a dunk contest either, but he can, he can bully ball and lay it in really easy because he's a, he's a monster when he, when he's right. So let's yeah, get course. him right and see what happens.
1: Yeah. I think, kind of just need to write the ship and mm-hmm. you know focus on uh, certain things that i think i think with just those certain adjustments i think that that could be help them a lot especially uh, the thing that i've seen the most is the rebounding, rebounding. the rebounding the rebounding and also the transition defense which is like the caused, two things that i've which is seen caused by the bad rebounding yeah, the bad yeah. transition <laughs> defense is caused <laughs> by the bad rebounding
0: hmm. Uh, yeah, we were out-rebounded in the last two games by 21 and then 20, I think it was, or flip that. But it was over 20, and these two really ugly losses, getting out-rebounded by 20 is a recipe for disaster. You, you've just got to be better on the boards. You know, I think Zoo's doing a really nice job of contesting shots, because when you look at the metrics of his opponents against field goal Percentage They're really low. I mean, he's doing a really good job contesting shots. The problem is if he's contesting a shot, he's not available for the rebound anymore. And the team rebounding has to be a lot better. And man, it just hasn't been yet. That's just a fire desire thing though. Yeah. That's, that's where
1: you, you miss Pat Bev. A little bit. Yeah. With him just like coming in, you got a guard crashing the boards. Against like a maniac. Like, yeah. Like, like a yeah. maniac. You always, you always like those. There's always there's always come around every, every once in a while during a game where like who like okay he yeah got he it. would come flying so, out of nowhere
0: <laughs> the little guy grabs the ball yeah and what was the what was the call the smallest man on the court comes away with the rebound
1: and, and I was <laughs> like yeah
0: and it's Baff, that's what he does mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I think you know with do you, are you worried about uh, the starting lineup. As far as Bledsoe and Jackson? What, what we've seen from them together mm-hmm.
0: is not pretty. Like it just, it's not, a, it doesn't look good. And it's because Bledsoe is ball dominant, wants to penetrate. Paul George is ball dominant, wants to penetrate. And Reggie is not hitting his spot ups. And when he's not hitting his spot ups, we've got something dead happening with the three of them something is just not working at all. But if it's just the just like Bledsoe and MPG splitting that, that duty, it probably looks a lot better. And just substitute, you know, uh Reggie for like a Luke Kennard for nothing but a dedicated spot up spot up shooter. Move Reggie to that second unit to give his scoring touch to them. It could be a good thing. Or you could switch or you could switch Bledsoe for man. That would keep your defense in line on the on the starters, and Bledsoe could operate with the second unit and still do the kind of damage that he can. Because we still we still space the floor. Uh, it's just it's we haven't seen any big small pick and roll. Do do you remember
1: any Zoo Bledsoe pick and roll? I see. I've seen it. It's weird because I think I've seen it more with uh Hardenstein We see when he's on the court with like the, when he's getting the backups. The they do it. Yeah,
0: which. What we saw in the preseason in the limited time that they spent on the court, Bledsoe and Zoo had a like a pick and roll thing going, and it was really beautiful. And now that we've gotten to the regular season, it's like all of our pick and rolls are small, small. And it's, I, I'm just, it's weird. I don't know that the new offense is just all wackadoo and we're playing a lot of five out and small ball lineups. And that's not good when you're getting killed. Super, super small,
1: super small like, lineups. I don't, I, think, I don't know. I don't know. Ties doing Ty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's weird because I think Zoo has he's averaging the most assists he's had his entire career. It's like over to a game. So he's mm-hmm. getting he's finding the open guys. And I think it, I think it tells him, me that they've
0: changed his role a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: because he seemed, I mean, he was struggling a little bit, like finishing around the basket. And I I I hope not. That's the case with him not being involved as much as I think he probably should be. Cause I know, I know it's like it's it's a funny, it's a funny thing that I feel like happened that's been happening like the past couple of years with uh Ivita Zubak is I think he misses, he'll like miss a dunk or he'll mishandle the ball. And then, you know, people will be out there, oh, he should be third, he should be third string, like he should be traded, yep. like he's not Just, good. And it's like they Ritz are Pete, peak. Take yep. that happens like every year. They but, just want to bury him the instant yeah. that he has a bad
0: game. And I, I don't know. I mean, he needs some mean in him. I think that's the problem. He needs mm. some mean in him. You know, he's the, uh, according to everybody, he is the nicest guy in the world. He needs some, you know, boogie. Mm. He needs some of that mentality where I'm the biggest guy out here and I don't care if I have to throw an elbow every once in a while to get you to respect me. You're going to respect me. He just needs to play a little bully ball and that comes with attitude and that'll help his rebounding too. You know, just get up in there and get mad, get your mean on. I, that's what I want to see. I I want to see mean on zoo. (laughs) Mean
1: zoo. Mean zoo. Cause I think, you know, he, to be fair, like he hasn't been playing the best, but I don't think that's the blames on him. No. Considering, you know, I don't, I don't know why they keep switching uh with like when there comes a freaking and roll and you have zoo on the point guard. Right. Because that just leaves you're you're asking him a lot. You're asking him to control the dribble penetration and then rim protect, but then also rebound the ball when it when it comes off. So that's yeah. I don't know how many centers in the league can do that. Like there's it's a little only, much. Yeah. A little bit, retired. <laughs> uh. yeah. David I think Robinson? Harden, like no. Hardenstein, you know he's been he's been solid too. I think the the he, thing that that I think people haven't been paying attention to is you know he's not a very good uh, defensive rebounder. Like no, for some reason he's not able to I, the, when you, crowd when the board even when you, worse than uh, Zoo sometimes. When you really focus on
0: heart during a game, his aggression on defense his willingness to go out of his way to contest a shot gets him out of position constantly it's his own aggression that's putting him in bad spots as opposed to trusting your teammates and that makes sense he's played five games with these dudes so they're still getting to know each other especially defensively but uh you know when you look at our defensive numbers i think we're eighth in total defense right now yeah it's not bad that's not bad like, yeah uh, and we know that there are things we can clean up if we could clean up some of that transition defense we could turn that 8 into a 5 if we can rebound a little bit we can turn that 8 into a you know 4 or 3 literally I, there
1: there is good defense being played but man we got to make shots Well, yeah even even if we just made the career averages of some of the players i think our offense would be top 10 as well cuz judging it's, from like the i think was it Justin Russo at uh-huh. followed by night who was looking at the shot quality index? Yes, because I know I know people are uh, just like they, they don't like sometimes they just don't understand the metrics yeah, I, co- I think. I quoted this I yeah. quoted this number on another podcast yesterday. I was on uh, mm-hmm. Clips Forum, LA Clips Forum,
0: and uh, they're number two in shot quality percentage behind the Utah Jazz who are four and one. So at the end of the day, if you're making your shots, you're four and one and you're the Utah Jazz. If you're missing your shots, you're one and four, and you're the Clippers looking at each other going,
1: why can't anybody hit a shot? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, you know what what it says. You know what they say, man. It's a a make or miss league Make or miss league, man. Doc
0: Rivers said that, I don't know, (laughs) 400 times a season. (laughs) Come on, Doc. Give me a new euphemism. Some some new cliche, Doc. Come on.
1: (laughs) Well, we don't got to. We don't got to worry about that. He's got, he's still he's got to worry. He's got a headache uh, of his own. Yeah. Over in uh, Philadelphia, but you know, looking, looking through, you know, kind of the early start of the season, like do you see anything that sticks out to you as far as just like the overall NBA season? League wide uh, points are down a little bit.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Three point shooting's down a little bit and fouls are down a little bit. Our free throws are down a little bit. Fouls are down just a tad. I don't think that's much. I think there are some changes, some of those rule changes where they're just not giving you those non-basketball moves. That's going to drop the numbers a little bit. But beyond that, I think that players are now getting readjusted to playing in front of fans again. Like playing in the empty arenas was a totally different beast than playing with fans. And only like the teams that made it to the second round got to see fans last year. Mm -hmm. So uh, like across the board, it's it's like relearning uh plus you've seen a lot of guys that just don't they look out of shape across the league <laughs> you know there are a lot of dudes that are just not 100 yet They're like the cardio is not there fourth quarters are super sloppy um but as far as and there are teams that i think made some great moves last year and it's panned off for pan out for the bulls i hey if they can play a lick of defense this year, they're a top six seed. They're gonna avoid the play in, in the East. Uh, Miami is a dynamite defensive team. Uh, I think the Nets might be in a little bit of trouble. Let's be honest. Uh, Harden complained about calls and then got you know 19 free throws in the next game. But uh, I think the Nets aren't as good as they were last year. You know, At the end of the day, they are a little bit longer in the tooth. They're just a little bit older. And they don't have Kyrie Irving. And then in the West, I'm surprised the Suns aren't better. Uh, I'm surprised we're not better. I'm kind of surprised the Lakers have managed to win four of their first seven. To be honest, like they've survived a couple squeakers. Like that overtime game in San Antonio. Why are you taking San Antonio to overtime? (laughs) You know, and San Antonio misses all seven. Of their yeah, free throws in the fourth quarter, yeah, that never happened. Mm-hmm. They hit one of those; it's a different different outcome. So, I don't know. Some teams are overperforming. Some teams are underperforming. It's still early. Uh, I just I think that the league in general is a little out of condition. Like we're still getting back in the flow. <laughs> you see it. I saw it with the the Trailblazers. Like that first game, they just got ran out of the building in the first twenty minutes of that game. And suddenly, was, Dave was like, "I'm done. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with these Clippers guys anymore." <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? You just got to get into shape. Yeah, I think said than done. Sometimes,
1: yeah, this is this is like the first full 82 game schedule since 20, 2019. 2019. because they didn't 18, they didn't 19, finish yeah. it. Yeah, they didn't finish. They didn't finish that the season 82 season. games. No. Yeah, and so you know we're kind of getting back into it. I think a lot of the teams who have a lot of ver- veterans on that team, you know, it's going to be. And there was an abbreviated off season of this year. Yeah. So we have played, uh
0: I was on with uh, Jake Barnes and he, he said, you know, we played two seasons in, you know, like a one season span. And now mm-hmm. we're playing, you know, starting season three in the two season span. And it's like, what do you expect? These guys are beat. And uh, yeah, uh I believe it. I believe it. Mm-hmm you look yeah. the younger guys are starting to dominate a little bit and all those guys that we thought were gonna be really good, these veterans, they're down just a little bit and I think that's it. I think there's just a lot of fatigue uh, that'll probably shake loose as we get closer to like Thanksgiving you know over the next three or four weeks.
1: Yeah, I think it's just gonna it's just gonna take a little time for everyone to get their rhythm back through a, like a full 82 game schedule. So I think I wouldn't read I wouldn't read
0: too much into the first two weeks of the season yeah but at the same time if you're the clippers you got to stop dropping games because you don't want to be looking up at you know oh well we're 10th in the standings right now this is not a good place to be and it's you know christmas that's
1: that's bad yeah that's that's that's, it seems like it's a too big of a hole to put yourself into kind of like you have to almost win every game to that point and then that becomes i think too big of a mountains to climb at that point. But I think, you know, I think they'll write the ship. You know, we're starting. Get it back on it today. And I think... I'm feeling it, man. I think they're going to start having fun. And that's going yeah, to change just everything. have fun. If you have fun, I think the woods
0: are going to come, though. It's the same ball. It's the same hoop. It's still 10 feet tall. You guys have been doing this since you were little kids. Go out there and play like little kids. Have a blast, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, talk. it should be fun. And, you know, <laughs> speaking of fun, I mean, we have to talk about... The new uh, mixtape. Oh, uh, the mixtape jerseys that yeah. came out uh, recently. You know they have they've brought the San Diego Clipper colors colorway back, mm-hmm. and then incorporated the kind of a the, the 90s. logo back in like the twenty tens, the nineties script. Like
0: yeah, mm-hmm. and it's got the Braves logo on the shorts. It's got the sails on the on the oh the the unis are tight.
1: Yeah, it's probably not probably the best best ones I've had in like 5 years. Like they they're probably yeah. the best that I've seen in a while.
0: Like apparently the whole league went like this and I saw all mm-hmm. 30 that like they've released them all. I saw yeah. 30 of them in what like one shot and I said, "You know, about 14 or 15 of these are absolutely just phenomenal and then the rest are uh Miami not it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, some of them just look great, like the Denver ones. The Charlotte
1: uh, mixtapes are great. I'd put ours in the top five. I, I just, the I think so. Not uh, to be not to be biased or anything, but oh yeah, well, those are yeah. those jerseys are pretty, pretty good. I I love the the baby blue, that powder blue. Yeah. is just it's mm. it's so it's so nice. It's soothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, with those jerseys i i had a a news article that i remembered uh finding a couple of years ago that i kind of brought back to it and I, so i have it right now oh. and you know back in 2015 uh that's when they kind of did like almost like <laughs> a full rebrand with like the logo the cord yeah. and like the jersey jersey and stuff like that and i think we went to the know, modern it, logo. The, this yeah. One. Did you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel? I feel like it was more negatively received a little bit, like more than positive. That's what it felt to me. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Is that what I, it felt I, to you?
0: There was, you know, the red, white, and blue clippers had been a thing for a long time. And when they changed the logo and everything, they also, wasn't that when they added, added the blacks and like added black as a color? Mm-hmm. Or was that, I don't know. I, I always get these, uh, these like the uniform changes have been so many. <laughs> <laughs> I get them confused. I, I do. I I do remember it being kind of a like people didn't like the new logo mm-hmm. because it's, it didn't, it doesn't have the word clippers on it anymore. It's uh, it just, it feels real generic. It's not a great logo to be honest. the The current logo is not great. Uh, I do prefer the old one like you've got on your background uh, with, with the clippers fully printed mm. out. Uh, that being said, you know, I just want the guys in the jerseys to look awesome and the jerseys will look better. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I wish they were rolling those city editions out tonight. Mm. You know, something to break it up, something to say, you know, Oh, we're, we're breaking out of the slump. We're going to get going. I think they're, they're lit. I think it's going to be a great, uh, great look. 11 games this year we're playing out.
1: Yeah. Hopefully it'll be more next season. Cause I think they're, de- I think they're definitely, they better bring it back next season. Cause those are real nice. <laughs> we, we kept the Mr. Cartoons for two
0: seasons, right? Yeah. We think we did. I think so. I want, I want to say they were in the, we had them in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that all... was a great look. I, I yeah. love the, I love the Mr. Cartoon black and whites. <laughs> they're just Awesome.
1: Mm -hmm. and like going going back to 2015 i because i brought back an article and for the for your surprise it's it was written by uh justin russo at fly by night yeah in 2015 Mm -hmm. and it talks about how the design came about uh when they were going through the reband from 2014 to 2015 and i know this is probably not it's not first source but from him it says this is from a second source okay like how the process went and so during the off season while they were doing the rebranding i think what's her name uh jillian zucker who Mm -hmm. who does like the she was the i think she marketing yeah the marketing president something something like something with the something with the marketing but some sort of executive yeah he she was you know they were all looking to rebrand uh, the Clippers just to get away from, you know the the Sterling era and yeah. kind of with good reason. Kind of do a restart, and with that, I think it said that they were looking at their own department to create to create the rebrand and the logos and stuff like that. And I think they wanted to get that release done before the 2015 season started and you know with the break of like four months to do a full rebrand it's a that's that's a really challenging task to do you know i have uh my wife she does graphic design and hey mine too yeah (laughs) so i know like how how long it takes just to just to do edits and stuff and get stuff sent out but you're talking about a full full rebrand of a sports nba franchise and And so that. that and you know that every idea has to be tested in the group yeah. and
0: then sent mm-hmm. up the chain and then it, and it takes the chain so long to get all the way to the top and then it comes all the way back down. You have to make the like changes <laughs> and it goes all the way back up for every
1: idea. And yeah, and so the article talks about because the design team was like, okay, we can try, but we we preferably need more time to get this mm-hmm. right. And she kind of bailed at she kind of bailed with the clippers um drag design team and went to the miami heat design team okay to get them to do it in like that certain amount of time and it's like well miami's not gonna the miami heat team's not gonna care about how the design how the design looks and so bringing bring this Remembering uh, the story that came out, I was like, "God, it's like you couldn't you couldn't just wait the next season to kind of get it all right because because it fun it kind of felt like it was it happened like really rushed rushed and it looks really rushed and yeah. the story may not be confirmed like a hundred percent but you know judging from the length of it took and like the amount of time and then the look of it like. Two of these things can match. It does feel incomplete.
0: Yeah. Like it, like there wasn't enough time put into it to really perfect it. Uh um I'm not gonna anything that got us away from Sterling made sense, mm. you know. And if that meant rebranding the whole team, then I'm surprised they didn't rename them, to be honest. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't we'll just make up something. Mm-hmm go back to pick up the old uh, ABA, like the Anaheim Amigos, you know, just (laughs) anything to get away from Sterling. Uh, I, I'm surprised they didn't go that far, but
1: yeah. So I'm I'm curious, like once they get into their own stadium, I wonder if they'll ever think about doing just like a complete full team rebrand. Cause I know, I know it might be hard just because of, you know, the Clipper name, is it's worth a lot of money now it is thank you but i wouldn't you know i wouldn't mind being the inglewood clippers (laughs) i don't think i wouldn't mind that at all
0: yeah
1: that sounds pretty cool sure why not
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i live out in the the valley not that valley not the valley valley but high desert and uh so i'm a long way from this the staples center and a long way from the Intuit Dome for matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like L.A.
1: Inglewood to me, it's practically the same thing. <laughs> it's the same drive, like forty five minutes uh, between each other, but still L.A. It's it's the same drive for me, baby. It's just a different freeway. Yeah, but I think you know the jerseys look dope. You know the Clippers gonna write the ship. You know it's gonna Absolutely. be. I think it's gonna be still a fun season to watch. Once the guys start having fun, it'll be fun to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at that uh, that Portland game that on Monday, the the one we won, when Terrence Mann had that semi breakaway and threw down the ankle breaker mm. on the whoever it was, and then stepped back and hit a three. It was it was like the place just blew up. We need that all the time. We need that kind of energy, you know, three four times a game. You got to have that moment that's just excitement and feed off of that. It's it's gonna happen we're going to have some fun. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a really good season. I still have us finishing just outside of the play in tournament and then, you know, five, six
1: range. Yeah. We're going to have to get it together soon. Yeah. You're going to need some, going to need some juice, going to need some shots to go win. I -hmm. think that would be a good start. It always starts with the buckets. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, you know, I talk. I talked to uh, one of the cl- other Clipper fans on here, and you know, he's a big uh, wrestling fan.
0: Yeah, and, that was And You know, I,
1: I understand. Yeah, Jake Burns, the Clipper merch, Clipper merch extraordinaire.
0: I, what did I call him? The Drip King, or something like drip that. Drip King. Yes, <laughs> he's throwing. He's throwing down some some amazing designs. So uh, mm-hmm. he's he's got another. I saw today. He's got another drop coming in like two weeks. So get ready. Yeah, definitely I saw- can't wait. Buy some yeah. some goods. I'm gonna get some. So uh, definitely, but yeah, I I heard the episode. I was like, oh man, they they go from Clippers basketball to pro wrestling. These <laughs> guys are speaking directly to me right now. I know it's a kind of a strange thing to have in common, but I yeah, I'm. I mean,
1: pro wrestling. with the pro wrestling. Pro wrestling since is, I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, pro wrestling is sports. It is sports sure. for for some people.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh,
1: <laughs> Like I said, I grew up in Oklahoma in the seventies,
0: late seventies, early eighties, and uh, during the territory era. So I got to watch mid South wrestling, where the you know the, the number one babyface in the company was Junkyard Dog, who was amazing. Uh, you know they had bad guys like Jake Roberts and the Freebirds, and then I also watched world class championship wrestling out of Dallas with the Von Ericks, and uh, you know that was where. And, and you got to watch uh, AWA on ESPN if you had it, wh- so you could see like Mr. Perfect back when he was just Kurt Henning and uh, Scott Hall and uh, oh Nick Bockwinkle. So, yeah, I go back f- like forty years of the wrestling. It was yeah, uh, so It was like, a part of the culture in in the south. Yeah, city, you know? mm-hmm. it was I can like imagine wrestling. You you watch NASCAR during the day and wrestling at night. <laughs> And I was like, I can do without the NASCAR. That's just silly talk. I want to see those guys beat each other up. <laughs> Bruiser Brody was my man. <laughs> Bruiser Brody. Yes. I was terrified. of him. I saw him live and literally comes out of the, out of the tunnel swinging a chain, like an eight foot chain. <laughs> like, I mean, within inches of people, they're like ducking to get out of the way. It was, he was terrifying, man. <laughs> And apparently Frank was like the nicest guy in the world.
1: Of course. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. always, it's always the, you know, those, those actors and actresses <laughs> that play like crazy people on, on movies. They're just like the nicest guys and per- people in, in real life. So he
0: was, uh, he played uh, deep, I want to say it was defensive end or defensive tackle for the red, for the then Washington Redskins in the seventies mm-hmm. before he became a wrestler. Oh, okay. And, uh, and uh, man. Frank uh Goodish. Uh mm. just a great dude. Watch watch the uh watch the the dark side of the ring on Bruiser Brody. Oh I ha- yeah, just, I
1: have I have watched that one. Boom. Yeah, that would yeah. Brain it's it's up.
0: crazy. It's it's just the most insane thing ever. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. So like going, yeah, going going into it, it's like how much, you know, how much wrestling have you been teaming up with today? Because I know Keep you're keeping it up. Keeping up with I
0: I uh, I'll tell you. I gave up on WWE mm. not, you know, that long ago, maybe six, seven, seven months. I really want to support WWE because they have a lot of really remarkable talent. Uh, guys like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn. And, you know, you could just go down the list. I've got so many great talents. Uh, I love the New Day. I love the New Day. They're so good. Um, I just... It's just not a good show, and I hate what they're doing with it. So, in in my own little weird way, I've just said, you know what? You're not telling good stories. You're the matches are, I mean, they're good, they're serviceable, but it's the same match. I got to see the same match three weeks in a row. Why would I bother with that when AEW is putting on a product that's just infinitely better? And then if you if you can keep up with you know, like new Japan is finally getting back on track. Uh, you know, pandemic has just shut down so much Mm -hmm. wrestling. Uh, AEW was able to survive it and, and thrive through it. And I gotta be honest, what they do is what I remember wrestling being like when I was a kid, but it's ramped up to the modern version of like the high work rate wrestling, like the high flying, the super fast paced, uh, I just watched Dynamite last night. I had to I had to wait a couple of days to see it because mm. you know, weekend of family stuff on Halloween and a game on Friday. So I finally got to watch it and I, that Eddie Kingston Brian Danielson match was oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> so good. You know, so many chops. <laughs> Oh, I thought I thought Danielson's <laughs> chest was going to explode.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't understand how how his chest isn't more protected, Scarred. just yet yeah. or just like it doesn't get red as much with all of the chops that he's been taking throughout this whole career. It's like every, yeah. every match, it's just almost like the veins are just like popping out of his chest and well, stuff like that. He is
0: like, he lives super clean. You know, he's super vegan that I think his body burns at a different rate than the rest of ours. <laughs> he's probably sleeping in a hyperbolic uh, hyperbaric chamber and just waking up the next day. And he's like, I'm good. I'm fine. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like because he's yeah. just putting on banger after banger after banger. Man, he's good. Mm-hmm. And Man, so, good.
1: with the you know, with the differences between like WWE and AEW, you know, I still I still try and follow WWE to kind of get kind of get <laughs> almost get like the the spark notes of like what they're doing. Honestly, the, I the listen.
0: Year. I still listen to podcasts that. That's yeah, that's too. Yeah. And like I just my like my heart's breaking going, guys, come on. Surely they're gonna put on a good show eventually. And it's just week after
1: week. The weekly stuff is just it's almost unwatchable. It's it's too much, it's a lot, but if and there's if a lot of it. yeah, it's th- three hours of raw, two hours of SmackDown, two hours, two of, hours NXT, of NXT. It's yeah. like if you aren't Like a just a diehard WWE fan that wants to consume it all, it is tough to get through everything in a week. Like, it's a lot of hours.
0: If you DVR raw and fast forward through recaps and commercials and everything, it comes down to like 50 minutes, (laughs) which tells you they don't need three hours to do what they're doing. They're just wasting a lot of time, you know? Yeah. Do something more with the time that you've got.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, I started watching WWE uh, pro wrestling, I would say, back in 2005, 2005. Oh man. oh, man, you're a whippersnapper. I know, but it's... You missed the Monday you know, I think, Night yeah, I missed a lot, yeah. I, you know, with the Attitude Era and stuff like that, where it kind of really uh, took off. The Attitude, took Attitude Era? Yeah, took off lit. after, yeah. And, you know, and I think... it wasn't
0: just WWE, it was... Mm-hmm. F at the time, WCW was fantastic until like 99. It really started to collapse on itself, and ECW was a real thing. Oh, so good. Uh, I remember
1: watching the WWE ECW, <laughs> not good.
0: <laughs> well, we got but the, the one night the stand pay per view, yeah,
1: from was it, 05?
0: it was the, 05 05 or, or 06 06? One with, with RVD, RVD, yeah, John Cena. Cena. Yep. I it was six, it was six. That's worth watching again.
1: Uh, that was a good, that was a good pick. Yeah, I remember that one. And I think uh, trying, you know, trying to go through it all, you know, as I got older, kind of went back out of it. But now getting back into it again. I, it was funny. When uh, WWE was purchased by Fox, I know, Fox picked up the Wrote the
0: contract with with
1: WWE. Yeah, they, they, they got start, start, contract start down. box. Yeah, so I went. I was able to go to that first uh, showing. From uh, oh, it this, was at Staples when the, they the, the Brock Lesnar Kofi Kingston match. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was. I'm not gonna like, call it a match throughout. You know, throughout the whole show, like it was. I was having. I was enjoying the time. You know, it was. It was a part. Good show. It was really. It was a really entertaining show. I I had really I had a really bad feeling about the ending. Yeah. When it was Kingston and Brock and it was just like I really hope they don't just like squash him. <laughs> squash him in like 10 and seconds. They and they squashed exactly it. What happened? And it was like, oh,
0: okay. <laughs> you, like I I remember watching it and going so they left themselves like 7 minutes for the main event. Mm. That's not good for Kofi. <laughs> <laughs> like coming into the show, I was like, "I'm like, surely they're going to put the belt on Brock. Let's just hope that they give Kofi a real, you know, like showing." And then as I'm watching the clock in the corner going, "There's no time left. Oh no!" And then they did the big kane Vasquez uh, uh, angle at the end. Yeah, I'm the like, you that know that the weird part.
1: The weird part is like at the stadium, they didn't show anything on the jumbotron. Oh, huh? so. If if you're not if you weren't like down on the ringside, you had no idea what's going so on because you could you could see I think you could see Ray Mysterio coming out with the dude, and at first I think people were like, "Is that is that Dominic Mysterio coming out? <laughs> like, yeah. He looks so big." It's like, it's, oh it's, wait it's a minute, like a that's big not version right. of Dominic. Yeah. Is <laughs> <that> the- <laughs> Who is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I that was know. that was the point for me where it's like, okay, I don't. I don't need to spend I don't need to spend my money on this. I don't need to watch this like every week and I think it was during that time when like AEW was in like the process or like in the early stages of mm-hmm. being they created in the, back in 2019.
0: Yeah, they were just getting kicked off. Yeah. They had only been on the air for a couple of months if that mm-hmm. when when SmackDown switched over to Friday. And, yeah. And I think,
1: uh, yeah. you know, I've been, I've been like super impressed with how AEW, you know, how much different it is to WWE. It's because uh,
0: I think
1: it's, cause I think it's, you know, WWE, they go heavily into, you know, the more of the entertainment side. Yeah. As far yeah. as
0: it's, it's production you know,
1: value with uh, sport entertainment. With wrestling, but
0: yeah, and then the the matches are kind of they're almost cookie cutter, you know. Like they're real. Like I can tell you what's going to happen in a WWE tag match. The instant I know who's in it, I'm like, oh, I know. You know, this guy's going to get beat up the whole time. Then he's going to get the hot tag, and then we're going to go through a thing, and then then the bad guys will get a control again, and ultimately they just flick the coin to see who wins because they don't care about tag teams. But the thing I love about AEW is that it's such a variety. Of wrestling they've got big power guys they got brawlers they got strikers they got airborne guys and i can watch ray phoenix wrestle uh seven days a week and be good with it and penta too because i love penta <laughs> but uh I, I, aw does a little bit of everything if they have a shortcoming it's that their women's division isn't particularly strong but they're working on it and mm-hmm. give them credit for homegrown Britt baker who the first couple times i saw her i was like i don't know if she's gonna make it man did she put in the work and now she's just dynamite pardon the pun i did not mean to do that (laughs) Uh, so good though but they're they're coming right around right along and and since adding the big the big names the cm punk that oh that first night
1: when he popped out when he just walked out in chicago and everybody knew it was coming we all knew it was coming they didn't they didn't like have it advertise it no nope. one said for sure no one was confirming it but but, but like in our heart of hearts we like you know <laughs> it's gonna happen yeah
0: and then the instant that that cult of personality cult of personality kicks yeah. up yep like the all the hairs on your arms stand up and you're like that's really him mm-hmm. it's been seven years I, I think he did it right i think he came back at exactly the right time had he waited any longer I don't think his body would have been cuz he's he's looking pretty gassed already. <laughs> but his matches are are compelling in their storytelling. That's what he always did best anyway. And uh but signing him, getting Punk uh, or getting uh, Daniel Bryan Danielson. It's good to take a while to get get used to. It. <laughs> and Adam Cole, Adam Cole baby. Baby! And to break them out in the same segment at a pay-per-view is just madness.
1: Uh, I could imagine being in that, being in that crowd. That was it at the end of the show. It was a pretty exciting day.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you had and Punk's still... first match in seven years on that card mm-hmm. against Darby, who made him look like a stud. Darby Allen will bump <laughs>
1: like a maniac.
0: I, I, I love Darby Allen. I'm just terrified he's going to die in front of my eyes at some point. Like when uh, when they threw him down the steps at Daly's place. Oh yeah, I was just like, that's... oh, that's not that is not wise, guys. Don't do. Oh, they did it. Oh, they did Yeah, guys. there's
1: no, there's no, there's <laughs> no hidden uh, crash pad. There's no like TV cut. To <laughs> it's no, yeah. it's just no, falling down the stairs.
0: <laughs> fall down a giant set of concrete steps. Mm-hmm. Yikes! It, it's either him or Matt Hardy is totally gonna eat it, and, and <laughs> it's gonna be the ugliest thing ever. Matt's gotta Matt's gotta calm down. <laughs> Hardy has got to calm down. All that did all that,
1: that money, all that money is going to his head.
0: That he had that ladder match a couple weeks ago. And he did that leg drop off the ladder. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I think I heard his hip shatter through the TV. <laughs> oh, that didn't look good.
1: No, anyway. but it, I I am I have been. I I think it's crazy because I'm just having fun just watching AEW. Like they're telling better stories. There are yeah, there are some moments where it's like, okay, like I don't like it's fine, but overall, mm-hmm. like I'm always enjoying watching the product. Cause it, a lot of times for WWE, it's like I don't really wanna sit through some of this you stuff.
0: Can, you can tell WWE's problem is that they don't have a long term plan. It's Vince doing Vince stuff every week, just changing his mind all the time. And AEW has a long-term plan. So they're running their show like, we know we want to get to this beat, to this beat, to this beat, from this week, to that week, to this week. WWE is random. So when you watch WWE, sometimes it's just a grind of they didn't know what to do with these people. So it's just kind of blur. Whereas AEW, the pace of the show itself is snappy it's quick it's bang 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 it's it's almost too fast at times when you think about it somebody was like somebody was talking to me and saying well they never do promos on rampage never and i said wait a minute you've got to count the little 30 second video promos that they do that because they squeeze five of them into a show
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and three matches and that's an hour of wrestling and it's fabulous the the rampage one hour on friday nights I, it's just dynam- it's so good because it's so
1: fast yeah i think it, for for a wrestling show a wrestling show shouldn't start off with a guy coming out and doing like a 10 minute promo with another guy yep and we're like 20 minutes in there's still no wrestling being <laughs> no wrestling being shown yet but didn't think- it feel like for for
0: half a year it was raw started with 20 minutes of drew mcintyre and a microphone for six months. Bit, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, you're right. The 20-minute promo segment to open a show
1: is uh it's a trip to the dentist. <laughs> it's a trip to the dentist that I don't it's, want. It's even worse because it's the same people doing it. It's, like every whoever's every week. The champion. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're the champion. Here's the mic, 20 minutes. <laughs> and if it's Roman, he's just gonna take he's gonna take five minutes to enter. Roman stole the Undertaker's entrance. <laughs> like the Undertaker retired Roman's like, that's my turn now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just going to saunter my tail down to the room. I'm not even going to come out until the second half of my music starts. You're just going to sit there and wait. Don't get me wrong. It works for his character. But my goodness, how long do we have to wait for you to say something? Then he gets in the ring. He makes Haman give him the mic. And he stands there and stares at the crowd while they berate him. It's great. It's great work. He's doing the best work of his career. But man, you're chewing up the entire show. And on SmackDown, that's probably a good thing because if you got lots of Roman, you don't have anything else. And that's because I'm done with Happy Corbin and Shinsuke and Boogs. Guys, come on.
1: <laughs> Seriously. It's... <laughs> it's like, I don't know if some if I'm supposed to be laughing at it or the comedy's not taking this seriously or it's like i don't know i'm confused on the on so many levels and i just
0: and i sit there and watch kevin owen throw down a baller of a performance in that four-man ladder match i actually went and just watched that one match Mm -hmm. because it was it was really good and he was just put kevin owens in the ring with a ladder And he's going to do something that makes you go, that dude is trying to kill himself. (laughs) And it just breaks my heart. He's so amazing. Kevin Steen was the man before he signed with WWE. And then he's had moments of just brilliance. He was so good in NXT. He was so good when he debuted on the main roster. He had that run with Jericho that ended with a festival of friendship and what should have been a co-main event for WrestleMania. Oh, or, or the opener or the curtain jerker. Let those two guys give them their moment.
1: That's why Jericho left that company. Yeah. That's why, that's why I'm so upset. A lot of people are leaving or getting released and, you know, finding more success somewhere else. And like, I know, I don't know if you've been, up with the, the news recently with pro wrestling, but I think it was either this weekend. Uh, Ring of Honor is yeah. like closing yeah. for an extended period of time.
0: I guess their plan is they're going to shutter for for a few months and yeah. try to reimagine the product. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes sense. I think they've been losing money for a really long time. Uh, they kept everybody under contract during the entire pandemic and paid them. Mm-hmm. for not wrestling and credit to uh dave honor for doing that but man uh, it's hard to say on the upside they let them all they're paying them all through the end of the
1: mm-hmm. and they're letting uh, them go like May, they're letting and go saying go take bookings. bookings yeah and like it's... with that it's like there are a lot of talented people on that oh, roster yeah. that mm-hmm. are now technically free, free agents agent. and I'm like imagining. I'm imagining Tony Khan's on the phone as we speak with a lot of those guys, trying to figure out what their interest is to and, becoming and how, uh, all elite.
0: Who can he sign and work them into the product that he's got going? Because he's they're really tight right now. Yeah, I mean that roster is bursting at the seams. Hey, remember when the Gun Club turned heel? Oh, yeah, was that a while was ago. Yeah. that was like six <laughs> weeks ago, and we haven't yeah. seen them since. It's like they're on YouTube, mm-hmm. and not, not no disparaging against the the AEW on YouTube stuff, but if you're a wrestler, you want to be on the cable show, where the money is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, man. Yeah, they, I, the, I think... the roster is full, but it's so good. It's so good, top to bottom. Yeah, I I'd think... like to see him sign some guys. Yeah,
1: yeah. There Indio. there are there are a couple of people that I think would work really well in aw i think you just said uh bendito bendito yeah Yeah, uh i think jonathan grisham would be really good (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine like all the matches with him with other guys it's like i can i can
0: see vince being all up in grisham but grisham being like i don't want to go anywhere near your company man i I think Grisham would work in impact too impact's been swinging for the fences and doing some really good stuff yeah uh, one of the guys that I really want to see get a, get a TV show, I want him on my TV, is Dan Housen.
1: And he had a, I, he broke yeah, his I, leg this oh, weekend. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sucks. And so he's out I, for,
0: yeah. But, but of all the guys who could pull off making a debut with a cat, with a leg in a cast, Dan Housen could do it. <laughs> he could do it. Give me Dan Housen, man. I want Dan Housen on AEW. I don't I want just, him on WWE. I just
1: started. Yeah, I just started like watching Dan H- Danhausen because I kept hearing his name. I'm like, I don't know who this person is. And I that, that's exactly how it a, worked for me. And then I, I and like, then I look back at other videos. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm sold. He, he was <laughs> a guy that just couldn't get over as a straight heel wrestler.
0: Yeah, and so he kind of just went with what he loves. And mm-hmm. oh, the gimmick is just dynamite. <laughs> him chasing down. Conan O'Brien is—it's the ultimate feud because mm-hmm. the, they have nothing to do with each other. But he he idolizes Conan and wants to be on Conan's show, which is now off the air. Mm-hmm.
1: But he does the podcast. Was, yeah.
0: yeah, but his dream is is to to get Conan O'Brien and bags of money. Oh, the gimmick is brilliant. Dan Housen yeah. deserves his flowers. Oh, Tony, TK, pick up the phone, call the Dan Housen
1: Give him the bags of money. He can. He can work. He can. He can. He can come in with the cast on. He'll. He'll figure something out. He is organically over the way,
0: just the way uh, Zach Ryder was when mm. he became an mm. internet champion by doing a YouTube thing, and WWE went. Okay, well no. we can use that, <laughs> and they screwed it up. But Danhausen's over. He's over organically, and I just God. I, You don't even have to have a plan for Danhausen. Just go. We got three minutes with Danhausen, and sign PCO while you're at it, just for fun, just to be Danhausen's monster.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that was. It's going to be going to be a very interesting time for wrestling, like throughout the end of the year and like the start of early next year. Because I wouldn't be shocked if we saw some of these guys in AEW. I feel like.
0: I want to WWE. say that WWE
1: is paring down for a sale. That's
0: mm-hmm. what it looks like, mm-hmm. and it only makes sense to go to uh, to NBC, uh, Universal, or uh, or Disney. And I don't know that Disney wants to get into sports entertainment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they'll put that so. on on Disney Plus. So it's it's tough because they've got a multi billion dollar company, and who's who? A who can afford to buy it, and then B who wants to be associated with it. Cause you know, pro wrestling has, has a dark side. Watch the show on vice. It's, it's worth it. Uh, it's, it is a bugaboo though. So if you're Disney, I don't think you want to touch it, even though it's worth, it's worth a fortune, but uh, you don't
1: want to put the Disney name on it. No, probably uh, not. Whereas it would be on, probably be on Hulu cause that's like there.
0: If you're NBC, no, maybe, you know, they they've, yeah. They NBC have? owns owns uh, USA. They've been working with the WWF for 20, 30 years now, however long it's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, there is a long-standing relationship there, at least. But mm-hmm. I, I I think Vince is I think Vince is cooked. He's just done. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. Except for Hunter can't do it either. I don't, so he'll, I, he'll keep doing it and, until and Shane's a jackass. and shane's like that's okay i don't want to work for you anyway
1: dad (laughs) (laughs) i'll do my own thing
0: (laughs) i'll do my own thing
1: for seven years and what was it he was doing i think it was like a streaming service thing in china i think or something like that it was quiet whatever it was (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like going you know going with one of the advocates in wwe i mean you've been a very big advocate for all the sports podcasts going around i've become
0: enamored with with podcasting in general and then my one like thing is clippers podcasts and Mm. that's my must do so yeah i'm I'm trying to be an advocate for for all the the clippers podcasters because i think it's all good quality content to be honest and we don't play every day you got time you know come on listen to a little clipper stuff uh, and they're all different, you know, and I think that's what, that's, what's great about it. I think, I think I follow probably 10 or 12 <laughs> Clippers <laughs> podcasts and I'll listen to an episode. And as soon as I'm done with it, I'm like, I'm going to write a little review for this. And I tweet it out and, uh, and, you know, sometimes I get some laughs out of it because, you know, I try to be funny, but uh, yeah, it's it's my new thing.
1: Yeah. So I, I really appreciate the support trip. Like it means, it really means a lot that, You know, people are listening, people are interacting with it. And, you know, with that, you know, I've also heard that you are starting a podcast as well. I did. I
0: was, I promised I was dropping on Monday the 1st. I totally lied and I dropped on October 31st. (laughs) So I, there's 11 episodes available right now. It's short format. It is not a sports podcast. Mm. Uh, It's something that's totally different. So if you're interested, it's called Trent Takes On. And to tell you what it is, is it's a podcast about everything. It's me as a dad and as a a guy trying to make it in this world and understand the way it works, trying to impart my knowledge into my future generations. I have young kids and basically this is like to leave for them. I'm dropping all this into a giant hard drive so they can always take dad with them, you know, no matter what happens to me. Uh, You know, I'm an old dad of young kids. So... You get to thinking and I'm like, how much would I have appreciated having, you know, my mom's voice telling me how she felt about things or how to keep my chin up or how to be positive in a largely negative world. And that's what I'm trying to accomplish for my kids. I figure if I'm doing it for them, I just drop it out into the world. And if somebody picks it up and gets something out of it, that's a victory. That's a win.
1: Yeah, I'll def- I'll definitely take a look, definitely subscribe. And then what was what was the podcast? The uh, podcast is the podcast is Trent Takes On, okay, just like that. Is and it dot, dot, uh, is it
0: Trent Takes On, dot, 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 or? Every episode I'm taking on mm-hmm. a different subject. Okay. Uh, and not always in a negative way. Sometimes it's positive. Mm-hmm. And the subjects vary. You know, sometimes it's very serious. Sometimes it's me telling stories about being a kid growing up in the sticks, and, uh, <laughs> doing crazy daredevil stuff. I have an episode called Daredevil Trent that's about me and my bicycle and just doing crazy stuff. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be a good person and pay it forward a little bit and show some love for the, for the world in general and say, you know, Hey, we're in this together. We need to really take care of each other, do a better job of taking care of each other and listening to each other and being positive. So,
1: yeah, that's I, a very, this very great, great cause, very great, you know, positive energy I, to pull out there. And I think, you know, those things will be rewarded. I really try to be positive, but sometimes I've <laughs> I get a little mad. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we, all get, the, we all get a little mad. <laughs> because there's, there has to be authenticity in it for it mm. to work, for it to work yeah. for my kids. They have to hear the real me for it, to, for it to be, I think, effective as a tool for people to pick up and say, you know, there's some positive message in here. Every once in a while, there's going to be some negative in this world and it's going to kick you in the teeth. And sometimes you just got to rebound from that and, you know, collect yourself and, and do better. And, you know, that goes back to being a Clipper fan. Because we're used to that. We're used to things just falling apart. And we have to collect ourselves and get it all back together and go, you know what? There's always hope. There's always next year. There's always, you know, that one dream trade that we can get. There's always a, we're going to hit in the draft this year. You know, I remember when Michael Lolo Candy was the number one overall pick and I was like, (laughs) this dude looks amazing.
1: (laughs) He wasn't. (laughs) Uh, you know Cool, we, we cool nickname though. Cool nickname. Oh yeah, the
0: Candyman. <laughs> oh, and he looked the part. I mean, height wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it. We just need more positivity in this world. We need to have more fun. We need to be more caring of each other. We need to be more active and more and engaged in important things. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basketball is my is my primary outlet for just fun times. So that's that's the Clippers fascination. <laughs>
1: yeah i think i think that's that's a really great way to end this podcast with you and i want to thank you trent also for being on the show oh man i'm pretty pretty sure you'll get i'm pretty sure you know once all the other podcasts will start calling your name and once i hope so continue to review them continue to give five stars Now,
0: now i told oh yeah give everybody five stars or at least a review just give them the five stars you don't even have to take the time to write the review But I I told the guys on uh, on LA Clip, uh, sorry, LA Clips Forum, that I wanted to do a monthly podcast when I figure out my Zoom thing, where I'm going to bring on another pod, Mm. and we're going to talk about how to their pod, where did it come from, how do you improve it, and we're gonna, I want to call it Pimp My Pod. That's that's the plan. So uh, I've got you on my short list for the first couple months. (laughs) All as right. soon as I figure I'll out, be, Zoom, I'll be waiting. I'm be like, I'm calling up Rob, and we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about saving sports and get get down and dirty. I think it may be like unedited, like that'll be my my expletive uh explicit content show. <laughs> <laughs> not
1: not for kids. Not for kids. This one, rated R. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I I appreciate you, Trent coming on you know we had a good time talking about Absolutely. all things all things sports all things even even wrestling clippers do you, and wrestling. Do you want to call it a sport but clippers you know clipper fans everywhere you know i'll continue to get people on talk Absolutely, about their man. stories you know to get as many people and-, and and if
0: you haven't listened to the previous ones like you had jake barnes on he was fantastic mm-hmm. you had clipper spencer on yeah that was a lot of fun i met clipper uh spencer in person last mm. week great guy so i uh, you know go back and listen to the other episodes if you haven't listened to them because they're really good
1: yeah i think thanks again trent it means a lot and you Absolutely. know with that you know go check out trent's new podcast trent takes on mm-hmm. probably on follow me on twitter they, follow exactly, me on twitter on
0: twitter exactly at, yeah at drunken underscore trent there's a long yes. story behind that. I'm going to do a podcast about my Twitter handle. I guarantee it. Okay.
1: You. Well, look, I will look forward to that too. Yeah, the whole, <laughs> the whole thing, the whole origin story of at drunken underscore Maddox, but no, yeah, it's thanks. underscore Trent. Trent. There was already Trent. a drunken Trent. That's a true story. someone diff- <laughs> yeah, Someone already got that first. Nope. Ooh, but I think that's, that's another story for another time, but <laughs> Fair you enough. know, thanks Trent for being on the show. You know, if you guys, thank you for listening, you know, thank you for subscribing. If you see this on Apple podcast, please rate five stars or give it a review like Trent, you know, and we will see you next time on the Rob safe sports podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to Rob safe sports, saving sports one podcast at a time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So you never miss an episode. To connect with Rob, visit us on social media at Rob Sports. We'll see you next time.